0: Hey, good early afternoon, everybody. We're doing a different time this week for Vinny G Live with yeah. culture to engage with you guys to talk about things that we've heard people in our church wondering about or wanting to know more about. Yeah, that's a big, yeah. And so, yeah, so especially Thursdays, kind of, it's kind of almost like a long form podcast conversation, even a, a little bit of a class sometimes. And so, um, that's what uh, we're doing today. So, that's Theology and Culture Thursday, we have the computer up here for to interact with you guys in the comments section, so uh, feel free, if you have any questions, anything like that, just go ahead and comment there. So um, today's topic, uh, we're actually going to be talking about abortion. So uh, it's something that comes up a lot in church circles, and you know, a lot, if anybody's been part of a church or in any capacity... Uh, This topic comes up. Yeah. And there are all sorts of opinions when it comes to abortion, even in the church. Um, and a lot of times the church is seen as kind of uh this being one of like the primary, most important things uh to us. And sometimes it's not. But uh so we thought, hey, let's have a conversation about Abortion, let's talk through some things when it comes to abortion. How yeah. should we think about abortion? And so, um, yeah. first, Vince, I, me and you, know, when we were talking about this yesterday, you brought up uh, kind of the people we want to address. Who, who are those kind of people that you, you, you want to address today?
1: Yeah, I think there's a, there's a handful of you out there um, that'll watch this, and, and hopefully other people will tune in later. You know, I I think just anytime you get into a conversation around like an issue like this, which if let's just be honest, it is a massive issue in our culture. It, uh, if we're also honest, it it hasn't uh, always and usually isn't handled with much care. I don't think when you get into dialogue and conversation. And so, what does it look like for us to try and to move into it and address it in a healthy way and in a way that we think is. Is consistent and faithful, but also like uh, consistent and faithful to the person of Jesus, who is mm. centered on love. And so, that being said, I think there's there's obviously that the our church would be the primary audience. So, if you're part of Redemption Flagstaff, um, we want to talk about what does it, what does it mean for us to exist in this space well. Um, and to have these conversations, these dialogues, to have a, a truly biblical worldview and, and lens on that. Um, but there's also the reality that there's going to be those of you tune in that will tune um, in that will disagree with us, right? That are yeah. going to say, hey, the fact that you are even talking about this, there's already, I think, a reality of their back is up. There's a certain bias and opinion that comes into it that I don't even think is entirely wrong in the yeah. sense of I think there's this reality that the church has from a distance lob stones yeah. at, at our friends on the I mean, other side. People trail.
0: that are friends with me and know I'm a Christian think, oh are you like one of those planned parenthoods right. style, Planned Parenthood and have yeah. these kind of signs that say some of the signs say horrible things, some of the signs say fine things, but right. that's kind of the vision I think sometimes right. people. Yeah.
1: Get, like, and yeah. so I think like there's that moment of, okay, well if they're addressing this, this is what's naturally yeah. gonna be sad. And I wanna encourage kind of wherever you're at on the spectrum of Right, uh, and there's different language that even gets used. Understand yeah. the different vernacular. So you know, it's classically pro-choice, uh, pro-life. But then, right, there's some who say it's pro-abortion, anti-abortion. But then you get into no, it's it's like anti-woman. There's pro, you know, yeah. pro-woman, pro all these different ideas. And so you you really have to navigate through some of the vernacular. Yeah, and and, and we will speak to. I'll just say this on the front end. There's a limitation to just how do we have this conversation in. Somewhat of a, a decent time frame, yeah. um, and, and we're going to say some words that, that maybe aren't exactly the way everyone would want them to be said, yeah. but we're just please trying to hear the heart of what we're trying to get to today. And so, wherever you're at on, on whatever spectrum, whatever labels you want to put. I, just, I please would invite you to just be with us the whole time mm-hmm. and and say like hey we're, we're gonna address this on a few different levels we want to talk to to Christians in, in multiple different ways we want to talk to those uh, who are maybe Christians that disagree with us we want to talk to those who are pro-choice that disagree and what that looks like so in, a, in other words there's a, a whole gamut of people that we want to yeah. to realize that we acknowledge are in the room that will watch this and and are you know very much invested in this conversation
0: yeah so, totally yeah, yeah I mean a few other kind of thoughts here too is for, like one first thought is this is a the the issue of abortion is a deeply emotional and even tough thing to hear about for a lot of women in general yeah. and I think sometimes bringing it up it could feel like Man, the church is just trying to shame me about something in my past, or um, and I, I want this is our goal here is not to shame anyone. Uh, one of our goals, though, is what what would God's words say about abortion to us? And so, yeah. um, if some of those kinds of trigger points of shame and these kinds of things come up for you, one, we apologize, but two, like, you no, know, we believe in the the gospel of grace. We think that God brings in everyone from all sorts of backgrounds with all sorts of histories and all sorts of pasts. And right. so there is no thing too big for God to, to love and bring in and care for. That being said, there's plenty of things in my past that I feel, uh, when, like when we go through certain passages in scripture where I feel shame about, because I'm like, ah, oh, man, I, I, did this thing or had like right. have this history and yeah and in those moments I have to remember that God's forgiveness is, is is for me too. And yeah I can still view those actions in a different light too than maybe when I did those actions. Yeah. So so yeah. this isn't to shame no, anyone. Right. Um another thing
1: on and that, well, would, this is yeah. real quickly, just yeah. real briefly say to shame anyone on either side, because yeah. there, there will be uh I think we will be uh, even the term critical sounds probably more intense than me, but we will we will be critical to, to both sides of this debate because yeah, there's totally.
0: much for us all to learn so no that's a great point um, I think another thing for us as we go into this conversation to think through is um, this is just a big and a heavy topic for everyone uh, mm-hmm. there's it's a very polarizing and divisive topic in our culture um, and for for no matter who you are no matter what you believe this is usually some sort of a big and heavy topic I think a lot of times it gets posed like well Christians really care about this Non-christians don't really care about this, but even for for most yeah. non-christians. This is a big and heavy topic Absolutely, and, uh, This is a big deal uh, and this uh, Abortions are a big deal even if you think they're morally good like they're, they're a big deal I, I remember this is this shows my age a little bit, but Ben folds five Classic. He wrote, yeah, classic. Yeah, classic. He he's he wrote a song called Brick, and uh, I listened to some live version of it at some point, and he said, hey, I'm not... This isn't a political statement or anything, but this song is about... Is the story right. about me driving my girlfriend to go get an abortion after I got her pregnant. Right. And, and it's a heavy song. Heavy song. Super heavy it's song. It's already a heavy song, yeah.
1: but you don't... Until you... Like when... Like when you shared that yeah. with me, I was like, "Oh my god!" You yeah. go back and you listen to it. You are like, "I feel like in in really profound ways, it does address the emotion." Though. Yeah. Like, dude, this is this is
0: real. So this is heavy for everybody involved. I right. Think. And and I, I don't. I think there are very few people that would feel it's not a heavy topic. Um. And, and so that's just something for us to realize. It's big. It's heavy. Um. What today will look like is we're gonna first kind of say, okay, biblically, what would the Bible say about Abortion, human life, the Imago Dei, these kinds of things, and then we're going to look at some of the pushback and rebuttals to some of those biblical claims, and then we're just going to say, what does it mean for us as Christians to interact uh, with this topic, interact with this reality in our world, and what should we do? What are we called to? How are we supposed to to handle that? So um, before we get into biblical reasons, one last thing, too, and Vince kind of said some of this, like... Let's continue the conversation. I think for some people hearing things like this or maybe we'll miss say things or misspeak or not explain ourselves well, let's continue the conversation instead of kind of just divide more or have even more polarity between us. Like shoot us an email and maybe as uh, things begin to reopen we can sit down and we can talk and we can talk through this a little bit more and Maybe you can show us some perspectives that that will help us understand this issue more too. So yeah um, So yeah, that's kind of that. Let's let's hop into kind of some biblical reasons Why this is an important issue? Uh, I? Think ground level the first kind of biblical reason is if th- this is an important issue is so uh is the Imago Day on humanity so yep. this idea when when you read Genesis 1 and 2 you see that a significant part of God creating humanity is that the image of God is on them and it gives every single human dignity yes worth value Jesus in Matthew 25 he like reiterates this and he reiterates it by saying like even what you think are the dregs of society they have the image of God on them that's right what you do for them you're doing for me yeah. is, and that's like pretty crazy language but that's what Jesus is saying and so um, so when it comes to this issue the reason why it is such a big deal in the church is because we believe that in the womb the Imago Dei exists yeah and, and we're gonna get into the biblical reasons why there but and so anytime that there, the Imago Dei is marred or injured or hurt or killed uh, we think there is an injustice. Mm-hmm. We think something is not going according to how God would uh, Have Shalom be and Shalom being this how things are supposed to be That's right and Christians are called to to be part of that to be part of bringing Shalom to be part of restoration And so when it comes to abortion We believe that the Imago Dei is on the embryo. Yeah, even. yeah, and and that's, I think that's a lot of times why there's disconnect in this conversation is because people go, well, this doesn't even matter. It's not the same kind of a thing. And, and we go, no, we, we really think it is yeah. the same kind of thing. We think the Imago Day, the image of God, is on the embryo even. And so here's some—me and Vince are going to go through a handful of biblical verses and passages that lead us to believe that the Imago Day is on—the image of God is even on— the embryo or often popularized uh, the clump of cells is often kind of the, the term that's used for them not scientifically but in popular culture that's kind of the phrase used so uh, in Genesis 2 right away when God is forming Adam and making Adam out of the dirt and right before God even breathes life into Adam Genesis 2 it refers to Adam as a human which is just interesting that as God is forming Adam, mm-hmm. and and creating Adam, and before Adam even has life in him, right? He God refers to him as a human, yeah. And a human is somebody that every human is somebody that has the image of God on them. Mm-hmm. So that would be one. And, and, and just
1: uh, if I could just interject yeah, in real please. quick, this on
0: when we talk image of God,
1: going back to that Genesis one, Genesis two reality. So when when God creates human beings in the image of God. It's the only thing he creates in his image. So yeah. animals are not created in the image of That's God. That's a good clarification. So, so there is this uh, when we start talking to that value stuff. That it is this thing that sets apart humanity yeah. from anything else that God has made. Anything else in our world, that humanity is the pinnacle of His creation. Yeah. Because it is meant to reflect him. That when you look at him you see the image yeah. of God. And so just that, that delineation, then when you come to Genesis two, yeah. it's like no, it's, he's a human. And by yeah. being a human, yeah. it, it means these things.
0: So. It comes with yeah, there's yeah. it's sacred ground, it's sacred vocation, it's sacred identity. You yeah. know, so that that was given to us. So um, yeah, that's great. Um then so so God is calling Adam a human before life is breathed into him. I think right. that's important uh, genesis twenty five uh, is the story of Rachel and Isaac having Jacob and Esau. Uh, Jacob and Esau are twin brothers, mm-hmm. and uh, what happens is it says in genesis twenty five that Rachel conceives yeah. and then she the, she feels the twins wrestling in her stomach, mm-hmm. and she it's so kind of like. Unnerving that she goes to God in prayer, and I was like, "God, what is going on here?" And God says, "You've got two nations raging against one another. That's why this is going on. There, this is like a prophetic moment. I think for you, Rachel, see these these guys are going to be pit against one another. They're going to start to they're going to be part of two different nations. And I just think this is a great moment for God to clarify if this is just a clump of cells or what or, or what have you." And he's saying no those are even two nations (laughs) like not only is it two people it is two nations of people which is just uh, interesting I think it just brings more value and dignity and shows us clearly that in the womb God sees something that's happening yeah Um, the famous verse that's used uh, is Psalm 139 and some people say because the Psalms are poetry Mm -hmm. They are sometimes speaking metaphorically, and it's not really true. And there's some truth to that, and there's instances uh, where that is true. But in Psalm 139, it says that God knit me together in my mother's womb. Like He he was doing that. And here's the thing about uh, when you feel like a psalm is saying something that God doesn't actually do— you're going to have to find a whole bunch of other scripture that would help you understand. Like say, okay, that was a metaphor and an expression of prayer. Yeah. And when it comes to this, knitting me together in my mother's womb, you can't really find other verses in the Bible that would say, yeah, God doesn't do that. That was just a beautiful poetic thing. Right. Like you're going to, as you look more and more, you're going to see, no, there, God does form us in in the womb. And yeah. so so that would be a reason why we think the Imago Day is on those in the womb, even at conception. Um the next that I have uh is in Luke 1. Um basically what we have is the story of Mary visiting her relative Elizabeth, a lot believe they're cousins. Um they are um uh, basically Mary's like Coming to her to be like uh, I have some news. I'm gonna give mm-hmm. birth to the Messiah and I think before Mary even says anything Elizabeth who's pregnant with John the Baptist who's gonna prepare the way for Jesus Yeah, that baby in her womb leaps in her womb. Yeah, and in a recognition of that the, the, the Messiah is there. Yeah, it says like he was filled with the spirit right. and, and there's a recognition that uh, that that Jesus is in her womb as well, and so it's it's not Elizabeth that realizes it; it's the baby. In yeah, the womb.
1: I think that filled with the Holy Spirit line is really significant. Yeah, you know, so you know the, the Holy Spirit is not; it does not embody a tree, right? Yeah, uh, which which would be just a clump of cells would be matter. Yeah. Um, so, so the Spirit of God does not embody those things like the Spirit of God embodied humans. Yeah. And so in this moment he he embodies this this baby forming in Elizabeth's womb, you know. And so yeah, you have that moment. What's what's interesting too is earlier on in in that same kind of interaction, uh when refer when Elizabeth is talking to Mary, she calls uh to Mary and she says, like, oh I'm so you know, she's rejoicing with Mary and she says to Mary like um, I rejoice with you, and blessed be you, because my Lord is in your womb, right oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is this really amazing kind of testimony to her it's again it's there is this person that is inside you, this yeah. human being is inside you, and he 's the Lord like yeah. and, and we don 't have time to get into the language of what it means for her to call yeah. Jesus Lord, but it 's just thousands of years of history and yeah. prophecy. All, well, again, like that that baby that's in you. Again, not—not yeah. not in, in contradiction to this, this random clump of cells that isn't a person until, oh. you know, a certain point. So yeah.
0: that's my Lord. Yeah. What, finish this out here. What are some other biblical verses you're seeing? Um, yeah, it's important. I think if you if you look back at, at the Old Testament law,
1: as you get into uh, the book of Exodus, you have these laws that begin to get kind of put out there in regards to, the way that Israel is best to govern themselves, uh, specifically in Exodus chapter 21, there's a specific law that says that if, if a man hits a woman that is pregnant and it, and it causes the baby to be prematurely born yeah. and the baby is dead right, from that that yeah. altercation, um, what is stated there is that that man shall be put to death because yeah. it'll be life for life, right? yeah. uh, and the terminology is literally like this human being for this other human being. Yeah. And so just in this understanding of the way God, who we believe understands life better than we do, the way he is so instructing his people to best orchestrate a culture of life and of care for one another is to say, listen, if you harm another, that same harm must befall you. And so what's so interesting with this, this law is there were already laws in the Old Testament law that would prohibit the harm to a woman. So yeah. so that, there was already punishment that was associated with that. So this specifically was speaking to harm that would befall a child in the womb. Yeah. And then Christ, God, sorry, God's pronouncement is, if you harm a child in the womb, harm will befall you. Now, yeah. uh, th- that is not an advocacy for... Please hear me. That's not obviously for if this is if someone's had an abortion, they deserve to die. It's trying to point to God views the life in the womb yeah. as a human being, yeah. and that's it's massively important for the discussion. At least for it, wherever if you do line up as if you're not a Christian and you have a different worldview than yeah. us, at least to know that, that as Christians we believe God views that as a human being yeah. life, and I think that's so important to this discussion because because it's not and we'll get more into this but it isn't we want to take rights away or yeah. we hate the woman or we don't think the woman should have autonomy and that it's, yeah. it's we literally believe that God tells us this is another yeah. life and, and this is a part of it that's the one
0: let me interject there too because yeah. I think a lot of times what what happens is when we refer to the Old Testament people will start to say hey you're you're just cherry-picking verses then like why don't you why do you eat bacon why do you eat shrimp and all this kind of stuff now right. and so I just quickly two things to remember in that is one, God was doing a unique thing in the history with the people of Israel yep. in order to bring about His restoration process, and there's more to that, and that could be talked about for hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just something important to know. And then two, we would we would say no, actually, we don't throw the law out completely. Right. I, I would even. Uh, there's different ways to look at these laws and see either how they've been fulfilled in Christ and Christ has said, hey, this is fulfilled in me, so that's why things are different now. Or we don't know if they've been fulfilled in Christ. And we go, Then maybe there is a principle to this law that um, doesn't make sense in, like the specific law doesn't make sense in our context anymore, but there's a principle from that law that right. does make sense in our context. Right. So, you know, a classic one is, it says like, don't, Boil a goat in, in its mother's milk, right. we don't know why although that just sounds messed up um, uh, <laughs> it Is really does yeah, yeah, it just sounds messed up. So yeah. almost you kind of go that actually makes sense yeah. But we don't know why that's there We don't have anything like in the New Testament saying don't do that, right. but we could go hey the principle from this is probably There is a sort of care for creation that we're called to and we don't have to be as torturous. And so it started to go on that yeah. rabbit trail. But I think that's important because I think a lot of times people begin to tune out and go, you guys are just cherry-picking with the Bible. And we go, no, the, the Bible is different genres and different times. And our understanding of it right. uh, has ha, not changed, but it Christ affects that. in Christ. It, yeah. uh, so anyways, but we're... we're and I think it,
1: well, in the midst of yeah. that, too, is I think it's important to realize that even the use of Exodus 21, has. we're not trying to look to apply... Yeah. That law to today. We're right? bringing the principle. We're just learning out. Yeah. that God views the human life. in yeah. you know, so it's it that the principle doesn't change regardless of the application. Totally. of Totally,
0: and I think the laws often do show us God's heart, regardless if yes. we're going to do right. those laws. Oh so, yeah, absolutely. Totally.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, some other ones: Job thirty-one, uh, Isaiah forty-four. Uh, a litany of other verses will use the language uh, I was formed in the womb or yeah. uh, before he formed me in the womb so it kind of building off that Psalm 139 language which again Psalm 139 again can get uh, somewhat poo-pooed right because it's yeah. po- poetic yeah. uh, the prophets in these moments um, in multiple of the moments where you find this reference it's not poetic it's prose it's it's them prophesying it's them literally trying to speak truth to the people of Israel and so even the language there is very much like hey now we need to we need to navigate this this way. Um, Specifically, there's two, two of the greatest prophets in Old Testament history, Isaiah and Jeremiah. In Isaiah 49.1, it says, the Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother, he named my name. Um, And so you have this moment where, and let me read Jeremiah's as well. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you or set you apart. And I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And so whilst and, and even before they were born into the world, while God was still forming them into who they were becoming, right, um, He had already given them jobs and yeah. already given them callings. Had a again. Them. yeah, and so again, it's again, the, from the lens God views the this clump of cells as a human being that he can call, He yeah. can give vocation to, give you know what I mean all yeah. these give names to that's of idea. The last one, um, when you look at Revelation thirteen uh, and and the different texts, Ephesians one, where you start talking about, no, God foreknew us, He's called us. Revelation thirteen, that names are written in the Lamb's book of life, that will be brought into eternity. Yeah. Again, so it's just saying like before all this, God knew humanity, you know, and so He foreknew these these people that are human beings regardless of these other stages yeah. so from a biblical standpoint like there's and that's just and that's a thing right that yeah there's people that will listen to this that aren't Christian that are just gonna think that's wrong which yeah. okay that's fair enough like yeah. you know what I mean we're this is not a class on the Bible we'd love to talk to you about that yeah. um, but I just I want that to be imperatively known that the scriptures tell Christians yeah. that like life starts at conception, oh. and that what is forming, what formed in my wife twice or three times, and we had a miscarriage, but what formed in your wife three times um, were human beings even before they left. Yeah. You know, so,
0: and and the, the reason this matters too, to, like one of the Ten Commandments is don't don't kill, don't kill human, and so uh, this is just this is fundamental to life oh, yeah. uh, for humanity. This is fundamental to flourishing. In the world for humanity, and so when we when we see that happening with different things, yeah, um, when we when we see the embryo, right, his life ending? We see a human life being killed. That's right, and that's why it's that serious for us. For us, and that's hard for people to hear, and that's hard for people to understand. But that that that's what we see, and so even you know, honestly, I've there's been I won't name who, but there's been some recent comedians. That Have touched on this and even kind of been like and they're as I'm pretty sure non-christian comedians saying Listen like they think we're killing somebody like right. I, I get that we don't think that but that's what they think So right. do we want them to not talk about it or yeah. not say it? and so like if you are not a Christian and you're listening to this like I would just ask for understanding that maybe our, our worldview is totally off and you think everything like we're totally off on that. But understand, like we are trying to be consistent in our values. Yeah. And, in, in this way. So um, let's. All right. So people, I feel like let's get into some some science, some of the pushbacks here. Those, yeah. those are all a bunch um, of reasons uh, why. Uh, Sorry, I'm reading some of the comments here is why I'm pausing. But um, those are all some of the biblical reasons why we think the Imago day is on the embryo, on the fertilized egg. Uh, so people then, okay, so kind of to, to finagle out of it, people will go, okay, then when is life in the womb? Yeah. When is it considered to have the Imago day? Is it when it can jump and leap like you see in these instances? I think we could already see biblically. It seems like the Imago Day happens before even, like it's, it's God's plan as fertilization is happening. Mm-hmm. But, um, it is, how would you just answer that question? Like, so do you think this embryo, the clump of cells, the moment of conception, do you think the Imago Day is there? And part of why, maybe, it, yeah, just how. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, What's interesting is even so, like the terminology, and, and it's not to call you out, but this
0: yeah. the idea of like
1: fertilized egg is yeah. even just a, it's a misnomer. It's an totally. no, it's an unhelpful terminology in the sense of. Because what happens, I think, so when, when an egg is fertilized, it ceases to be an egg. Yeah, it's no it longer an egg. Stern. Exactly. Yeah. So now these two things have become one. You liken it to, like, you know, hydrogen and oxygen coming together. Yeah. They don't remain separate. When they, yeah. when they merge in the chemical reaction, it becomes water. We get H2O. And yeah. so it's that same idea that when... When an egg is fertilized by the sperm, it it's not an egg anymore. Yeah. That something different yeah. has occurred. Something new has been created. That thing that is new is human life, yeah. and in that human life is the image of God. Right. That yeah. is the 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 manufacturing, forming work of God to imprint His nature upon this. Again, this. Not for like this fertilized embryo that is
0: now this new thing, which is, which is a human being. So, yeah, yeah. no, that's, I mean, that's helpful. I think that's just helpful for us to know too. So getting into some of the science with it too, scientists aren't really having this debate. If the, like a lot of the popular culture says, again, clump of cells and I'm not trying to parody it, but that's just what's, when I'm getting conversations with with my pro-choice friends, that's how they phrase it. Yeah. Um, that that scientists go no it's not just a clump of cells yeah like it's you know now some are you know bill nye has that famous video kind of saying all this stuff but you know i'm gonna probably listen to uh, a lot more scientists consensus on that (laughs) before a popular scientist (laughs) like bill nye so uh you know there there isn't really much debate if the, the fertilized egg is a human, and that, that's even why this term "embryo" is what they use to refer to that. Because they're like, yeah. this isn't just cells growing and multiplying; this is a human life growing. Mm-hmm. Even I read a paper from Princeton yesterday that this lady did, just kind of going through these kind of questions and thoughts about it, and and she was like, no, it's a human life. Like yeah. this is it, it, it is a human. Um, before we get into more some of the science of what's happening in those early developmental stages. Um, The debate actually really comes on the scientific and on the philosophical levels, and then at the law levels. The the debate is not if the embryo is a human. Usually, the debate is is the embryo a person? Mm -hmm. And and if you guys look into this more, what you'll see that's the debate that that, people that that are that they're having at that level, and and that's why. Uh, abortions and things have been legalized in in most countries because they go yes okay the embryo is a human but it's not a person yet so first describe what what is what would they say is the difference between those two things and then how what would be like your rebuttal to that like why would we say actually we do think the embryo is a human life that is a person with dignity and worth
1: yeah it often gets this this argument will get separated into two categories so there's the ontological argument yeah. and then the functional argument. Now, um, like popularized, like famous scientist Peter Singer is kind of at the front of pushing kind of the functional narrative.
0: Yeah.
1: Our our claim is that uh, the imago dei resting upon humanity, the, the the inherent dignity of. The embryo in the womb, the human in the womb, yeah. is an ontological one. In other words, from, from ontology, from like, the, its purpose from the beginning, yeah. kind of spiritual, like this background is God put his image on it, so therefore there is inherent dignity. The, the argument that's made by the scientific community now is that ontological is, is who, who cares, right? It can't mm-hmm. be proven, like God, yeah. you know, that type of thing. So let's look at the functional argument and yeah. the functional argument is what function does this this clump of cells perform and it doesn't like offer any function or benefit to the world therefore then it cannot be a person and so personhood for them is defined through this lens of functionality yeah. and contribution which f- for me is just a it's it's a fool, its a fool's errand when you begin to go down that slippery slope if, if functional becomes the argument. Gosh, you know, you can just all of a sudden begin to work that out to where that doesn't apply to the baby outside the womb. It doesn't apply to my five-year-old most yeah. of the time. You know, like yeah. it doesn't apply to certainly the my my cousin right now is in a hospital and paralyzed. You know, like it doesn't apply to her. She has no functional offering to the world, and so should we be green lighted you yeah. know to essentially take take her life and mm-hmm. and so again that 's just from that 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 place of the basis and foundation of the argument is a functional one um, which then you just run into all sorts of questions of okay if that 's true, then you have to begin to break down well this it doesn 't then allow you to have any lines drawn anywhere, and oh. so there was even Back in England, I think it was like four or five years ago. There were a couple scientists uh, and soci- there were kind of scientists, sociologists that were advocating for infanticide. Right? Oh, wow. Like they were saying, "Hey, that you knows. know, like we should. Uh, what's the difference between, you know?" Right before they're born and right after they're born. It's the same thing Um, It's just now it's changed its location. And so it's still a burden, right? You still have to take care of it can't care for itself on its own It's not viable on its own right its stage of development. It's not there all these things They're like hey, let's we should be able to practice infanticide now. That's obviously Crazy, right? We're just gonna kill a bunch of babies now people in history have done it Um, and uh but in the but in reality I, hear me i in no way is this like that's a good idea but i I agree with their argument far more than I agree scientifically. Yeah, like
0: the womb, the thing, the human in the womb is the same. It's the same thing. A, in a lot of the, in a lot of ways. Right, cuz
1: yeah. what really changes is the means that you feed them. Yeah. You know, in a lot of ways, oh. right? So they're being fed through uh, through the by the placenta, yeah. right? Through the umbilical cord giving them oh. food. The only difference honestly between conception of uh, of an embryo unto death Right Uh, of that human being from that first moment to the last moment is just a change in food, like drink and and air. You know what I mean? Like, what will you provide for them? How will they have it provided?
0: And how will they breathe?
1: You know? And and everything else is just a it's a question of location. Well, you know, we don't kill someone because they live a place we don't like. You know, that type of idea. Yeah.
0: So what you're trying to point out here is, listen, the if 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 you think abortion. Is okay on some level then there there are slippery soaps and logical fallacies that come alongside that if you're going to be consistent yeah you're gonna have to to be consistent you're gonna have to say things like these guys in Europe or England or wherever it was that you were saying and so um, yeah so so yeah for the Christian we would say there isn't a debate between personhood and humanhood as Right, uh, we would say that it's one and the same yeah we would say that uh, your dignity is not less if you're not functional your dignity is not less if you're not functional on your own and I think a lot of people like it's easy to see that that's true to Jesus and how he operated in the world yeah he saw people that were not functional to society he started his ministry off essentially saying hey I've come for the not functional in society I've come to help people walk right, right, help right. people see help people hear, at least and he didn't phrase it like that because he saw them as having full worth and dignity right. and so and so and just to, to be very clear like what Anthony's saying what we're,
1: we're not saying is that Peter Singer and those kind of in the scientific functional argument yeah. camp are saying that we that, that you should be able to kill a human being yeah. outside the womb. yeah if they don't. Usually do they it. make a distinction. Yeah, so they, they make a distinction. They usually go, hey,
0: in the womb, okay, out of the womb, of course, never. Right. And most pro choice people, same thing, right most. but the, And that's what we're saying is that the issue
1: then arises based on that argument, yeah. that way of thinking, that then you you get into the slippery slope of questions that just are like, hey, man, this this isn't consistent. Yeah. This does not fit. Again, age, development, location, um, viability, et cetera, et cetera those things can happen literally at various stages of life from, from zero to to 110. Yeah. And if there's, there cannot be a reason for nine months we give the green light and for the rest 109 years and three
0: months we don't Yeah. So, all right. No, that's, I think that's helpful. I think that's helpful for us to just know that that's the conversation that's actually happening. It's between personhood and humanhood. It, that's the right. conversation happening out in society. And Christians would say, Hey, that's, we we don't go there. Like we think they humanity yeah, yeah, but at, at at top levels, I mean, I think yeah. on a, in a real
1: practical way, most of the conversations I'm having, I'm not getting into a lot of people arguing with me on personhood. They're yeah. they're still kind of having the conversation totally. around like, you know, some. Of, well, is it a human being? Is it really life? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's even what we're saying that the scientific community is like, no, no, it's a life. Yeah. There, there's no question about that. Human beings can only beget human beings. We don't yeah. create something different If you and Jess got together and made a monkey that would be an issue right so if you cannot make a monkey you can't just make a random clump of cells you can
0: only birth and beget what you are you know so no that's helpful Um, so yeah all that to say a lot of times we're having a conversation that those at the higher levels scientists those that actually create these laws they're not having those conversations often are the the ones we're having Um, and then to add some more science to this I you know I Whatever side of this you're on, if you just look at the development of an embryo, just that first eight weeks, yeah, I, it's it's really hard to see all of these things and not feel like it's 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 a human being. Like oh, yeah. uh, you you know, as soon as the sperm meets the egg and fertilizes the egg, as soon as that happens, your entire genetic makeup it's done. Yeah, everything about you everything's there. It's all your DNA, your 46 chromosomes, uh, all that stuff depending on um, different brokenness that sometimes comes about. Uh, but all your, all your DNA, all your chromosomes, all your gen, gen, genetic makeup, all that stuff, it's there at the moment of conception, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, uh, some other things here is um, within six to eight weeks, so this is six weeks in. Uh, the, the embryo is about an inch big at this point. The embryo has developed nerves. It has developed a heart with a heartbeat that can be detected. Uh, it even has facial features. The neural tube, which is the brain, spinal cord, and other neural tissue and center, uh, of the central nervous system, that has all began to develop. Um, and it's well formed. It's not even just began. To, it's like a well formed. All those things are pretty well formed. Cartilage is actually turning into bone at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it six to eight weeks in, you're you're seeing something that even physically, if you studied it, you'd be like, there is a lot. It it's beginning to look very human. It's beginning to have a lot of human traits. And the only reason I bring all that up is because. I, you know, I, I, I think sometimes it's important for us to see the image of God on our neighbor. And, and those in the womb have the image of God, whether we want to convince ourselves they do or not. Yeah, So absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I personally, as I scientifically study this, and even there's probably been points in my life where I've wrestled with it a little bit and been like, maybe, they're, maybe I'm viewing this too heavy-handed as a Christian. As I looked at the science behind it, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, this isn't a human. And, and obviously, I'm not the only one. There's That's basically the consensus yeah, among right, scientists. Right. So um, here, here though, I'm going to pose a scenario to you. Because, okay. again, I want to try to give voice to people that would disagree with us. And yeah. often my pro-choice friends will bring up this scenario then. Um, and, I'll, and just answer it how you would. But they'll say, hey, okay, so if that's true, if a fertilized egg is a human and it uh, – with the Imago Day, all that stuff. Let's say you're in a fertility clinic. The fertility clinic is burning down. You're in this room and you have the choice to save a mini fridge full of fertilized eggs. Oh, if right. Let's yeah, say yeah, yeah, there's yeah. 200 right. fertilized eggs in this right. uh, mini fridge. But then there's a kid, a little kid, a five-year-old kid standing next to the mini fridge. Right. Who do you choose to save right. and, and why? And so... As the Christian, how I've answered that often, I'll go, I choose to save the kid. Right. And then my pro-choice friend will usually say, gotcha. Like, that shows you, you yeah. don't think about fertilized eggs the same way as you would this kid. Like, the, And they're trying to say, there is this gut instinct in you right. to save the kid over the frozen fertilized eggs. So you actually do think there's more uh, dignity on the child than there is on... Uh, the embryo. So, yeah. answer that question. What Why is that a bad scenario? Like, well, how would you even respond to that?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, the the first thing I, I think is important, and, and this is not meant to be um, to yeah, just say like that's a dumb argument. Yeah. But in in a way, it it is in the sense of like anytime you we create a hypothetical, yeah. right? Like it's. It's an appeal to this hypothetical reality. Yeah. It is a terrible argument. Like one,
0: uh, it might not ever actually happen, and then I two, mean, if it does happen, it's a super complete outlier of a situation, too. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, at like at a massive. Yeah, I exactly. mean, like
1: you, you've cr- you've when you have to craft right, like yeah. the question in such a way. So that that being said, it's just it's just a bad argument. But yeah. that being said, if you had to answer it. You're gonna answer the child, and you have to. We have to navigate again from the biblical perspective what we view about humanity, yeah. right? And so we're looking at this child as 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 far more um, not not dignity. It's not a dignity and value totally. question. It's a question of of family. It's a question of their imprint upon the world. Connection. It's a, yeah, yeah, connection. It's an imprint of like. I, you'll see that that kid's parents. I mean, it is someone's uh, son in that moment, right? These these embryos, um, which we believe again are human beings. Let's let's not let's not get confused here. Um, They're not attached to parents. They're not attached. They don't have, um, you know, all of these other attachments to these different realities of life that that the Bible also speaks to regards to treat people this way. You know, and so. It's a bad argument, and then too, there's just it's not as simple. They're not equal in that sense of their imprint upon the world. Who is going to be affected and hurt by that? Because God loves the parents of that kid, yeah. the friends of that kid, the teachers of that kid as much as yeah. He, lo- you know. So it's it's just trying to navigate an impossible situation, and you're gonna you're gonna save the kid, and you should, know. you know. And, because, uh,
0: and again, to be to reiterate what you're saying is. More damage is done in the world by not saving the kid because of the family relations, because of the love that that kid has brought, because all sorts of reasons, really. Yeah, what you're
1: well, and also, I mean, just the level of uh, even just pain, like God hates yeah. pain, like he does not want his creation to suffer, to yeah. hurt, to have pain. Um, and so, even in that moment, like physical pain, yeah. if a building's burning down and there's a five-year-old that's going to experience excruciating pain, versus listen, we'll, we can, we'll admit this: at, an, at the embryo level, it's not experiencing pain. We don't think so. I yeah, guess yeah. we don't fully there's something big, know that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but at that that initial fertilization, yeah. it hasn't been implanted in the uterus. Yeah. Um, that, that it's okay. No, I'm not going to allow a five-year-old to burn to death and experience. The pain and the brokenness, and then the pain and the brokenness
0: that would be thereof for the family. Yeah, you know, I haven't thought about that. So, sort the of pain aspect of it, that's, no. yeah, that's interesting so, to think about. Yeah, and, and to be clear, too, like, we're not saying that we wouldn't be sad about that fridge of embryos uh, dying. I mean, it gets into a whole other conversation yeah. about embryos and fertilization and all these kinds of things, like, that I think that question that scenario turns into a much bigger conversation right. but that would sadden us as well like that's it's a, not like we're saving the kid and just like oh just you know a mini fridge burned, burned down like yeah. it's like no like that's that's sad too so right.
1: there's the and, and but in the midst of it just to speak to all of our hearts like the that the goodness and the grace of God that those kids again if, if from our world view God God knew Isaiah he knew yeah. Jeremiah and called them to a vocation yeah right Formed them He's, he's done that for these embryos as well. And so I guarantee you there has been a calling and a vocation for them in, the, in beyond this world. You know? Yeah. So.
0: All right. Well, yeah, thanks for answering that. I, I, I have another pushback for you. This, this is often a pushback from, again, my, my pro-choice friends. They, they say, listen, you Christians, you're not consistent in your pro-life. You're, you just want the kid to be born. That's it. The kid's born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that, who cares what happens to the kid? They got to fend right. for so themselves. Pro-birth. Pro yeah. Pro-birth is pro what birth. they'll pro say. Birth. Yeah. Right. Pro-birth is but. is what we are. Uh, and that's kind of like, if you're not going to be consistent, why even do that? Why does this even matter? And mm-hmm. I think already there's a lot of what we've said that would say, well, this is why it matters too. But why would you say um, that character? Like, what, how would you speak to that? If a non-Christian said that, you're just you know, you're just pro-birth you guys aren't consistent. Yeah. How would you speak to that?
1: Yeah, uh, two ways. First of all, because you, uh, because I don't want it to be like, you can't be anti-abortion, okay, and and not foster or adopt. You know, like, they're not, they're not exclusive. Like, you can
0: have... This, opinion, right. So, because you're saying because you, sometimes people like, Well, why aren't you adopting any kids then? Yeah, if yeah you're yeah. anti abortion, and, and, and they're saying you can't speak into that if that's right. the case. And you're like, yeah.
1: That's just that's just a, again, it's a bad argument that no ph- philosopher yeah. of any form of, of ism is going to try and back. So, just even that you can have those thoughts now. Here's the the conviction though for Christians is. We shouldn't have those those, yeah. those thoughts because our movement is always yeah. love and service and care, like it, for everyone. Totally. So I think um, so for the friends that often, and that does get brought up a lot for me as well, is usually I'll start off with that. Hey, I understand that, but they're not exclusive. And then second to that is, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know like yeah. uh and and apologize for the ways that either I personally or the people of God have not been at the forefront yeah. of caring in spaces they should but but also at the same point yeah. saying we 're not doing enough, but we 're doing a lot more than you think, yeah, right, and so I think there is that aspect, and I want that to be known. There's a reason why. It's still what, like 70% of the hospitals around the world are still run by the Christian church, you know? Yeah. Um, there's a reason why. have
0: roots in that, at the very We have roots in that,
1: various, roots yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. right. Yeah, let me be clear. Like, not an individual <laughs> yeah, church.
0: Yeah, they're like, what? But, sorry, we're so pastor of this we're, hospital. <laughs> <laughs> sorry,
1: we're founded by uh, Christian community. I mean, yeah, you could just yeah. say St. Jude's. Yeah, all, all these stuff. things. Like, like where do you see... think that stuff comes yeah. from? Is is been Christian charity and benevolence, you know? Uh, there's there's a reason why all of a sudden, you know, you have uh, you look across the landscape of uh, the various programs and charities in our world. And and one after another, you're going to see that Christians are more involved with these things than not. That being said,
0: we're not off the hook because we do a little yeah. bit. And I think we're supposed to be doing. And I think we everything. have to be careful and not sound defensive and like, look, we're doing all these things. But yeah, um, so it's it's, it's, a, it's a balance yeah. of being
1: like, you think we're not doing it, dude. that. It, and I, I, maybe a part of it is the reason why I feel like the need to bring that up is because we know so many people yeah. that I'm like no like I, I was just at the house yep. of this family that just took in these two kids totally. And you don't know the difficulty of their life totally. and the sacrifice that they're giving, and I don't want that to go unseen. And so, even as Randy's bringing up James one twenty seven, the Bible commands the church, and we yeah. talk about this all the time at the church. Yeah. And and if you're not part of the church and just listening, the reality of James one twenty seven tells us that that pure religion, that undefiled religion, undefiled Christianity, is to care for orphans and widows in their distress. Yeah. That literally, like the movement of God's people. Is to be to care for children, and so yeah. when we haven't done it, we need to acknowledge it, repent, and say you're right. Let's step in. But also, I, I do want it to be known there are so many people yeah. that are at at, at massive levels yeah. doing the work, and I think th- that that misconception of well, the church does nothing. That's just that's also just not accurate.
0: Yeah, I would. I, yeah, I think uh, something I try to say to my friends that have been burned by people in the church or burned by things like this, is I go, hey, look for the real Christians. And I know that I that's, we have to be careful yeah, yeah, with that. We have you. to be careful with that because we're all on different journeys and we're all a mess. And God is sanctifying us all at, at different places and times and rates and all these kinds of things. But yeah. when you if you look at someone that's really Christ-like and really trying to be Christ-like, you're going to find in their life they are going to be more consistent in, in some of these areas yeah. that it seems like the church as a whole are not uh, being consistent. And so I think that is helpful. Um, and and then, again, to have that healthy conviction, go you know, what, may, maybe I do need to do more as a Christian. Maybe, yeah, and, uh, and
1: I think part of that too, I think a very necessary response is... Be- because we don't just care for the kid, and and that's that's been the issue. Is we need to we need to move close to the mother, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to move close and care and in love and in support. Uh, we need to pay medical bills. We yeah. need to uh, you know rally teams around to yeah. help coaching and life and do baby showers for these women. You know, so it's. It isn't this issue of just well, we only care about the kid. We very much care about the mother and the father yeah. if he's in the picture as well and say, like, well, how do we love this family well? Yeah. How do we get you guys not just resource but training and how do we get you the financial provision you need? So no, I mean like there, there are massive levels. When I hear people opening up that question, like, no, there's, we need to do more. Yeah. Like, we do need to love better. And if you look at the history of the church, there has been, right? There has been this. Oh, well, you got pregnant out of wedlock. You know what I mean? Like, you need to keep it, but we're not going to help you because you've you've sinned. And, yeah. da, da, da. and that's just just not Jesus. Like yeah. you're saying, that's not that's not the way of the Christian life. So
0: yeah, well, let's let's hop into a few like kind of worldviews of our culture for those that would be in the in the pro-choice. Uh, camp pro-abortion camp Um, What that things they say the things they think and uh, and just talk about and we can do I I know we've talked about this a bit before but let's just do every other I'll start off. Yeah Um, There's kind of this idea in our culture that kids are a burden a burden and not a blessing Hmm. And when you look at scripture and how scripture talks about children children are always a blessing right kids being born in the world are always a blessing and then you know, again, this shouldn't be the linchpin for why we believe something. But then, if you look at how Jesus, te- like, takes care of children, loves children, yeah. connects to children, wants to hold children, a lot of even some of those words children translate could mean, like, even like infant toddler type of age, too. Yeah. Jesus loves yeah. kids and Bring does not, see, he in fact overturns the teaching that they're a burden. He goes, This, no, guys, this is not how this is. You right. know, they're not a burden. And so, uh, so I think that's just kind of the thing. I, I, sure, kids are a burden in the practical sense of, yeah, your life isn't yeah. uh, <laughs> all about you in a sense anymore once you have a kid. But God says they're a blessing no matter what. Even if it's not a blessing for you specifically, yeah. a kid coming into the world is a blessing for the world. So And God has a plan and a purpose to use that kid to love and care for the world, I think, in a lot of ways. So, so that would be kind of the first kind of worldview, like kids... I, kids are a blessing rather than a burden even though yeah it is burdensome having a kid <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah what's another one you've um, I, I think culturally there's a, a view of life that
1: is just inaccurate to what God called us to yeah. so you know it's and it's chief it's very predominant uh, here in the west but certainly across the world of uh, at the forefront of what this life should be is my happiness yeah. and my success you know so you get into these issues where you have a young pregnancy and sometimes a older pregnancy where um, where it's hey this is gonna you know what this will do to me and I you know I'm gonna miss out on these opportunities in life and it's not the right time for me because and, and I don't want to boil those things just down to just the emotion of happiness but just generally that culture of I deserve this type of life yeah. and happiness is a big part of that success is a part of that and the, the opportunity is a part of that and, and as Christians, we'd say that's not that's not guaranteed. Like that's not something. that's not we, the meaning of
0: life either. It's, it's yeah. not. It's not the purpose. read Ecclesiastes. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah like, totally. Yeah.
1: It's not. So it's not the purpose for yeah. what we drive at. So again, this worldview that has shaped our culture at such significant levels yeah. that happiness, comfortability, opportunity should be that like the core values of life. God's like, no, those are those are not it. It's like to to love people and sacrifice, like literally, like the movement of Jesus is is not give me more, it's give me less that others might flourish. We've we've talked the death in me might be the life in you type of idea. So I think that from a cultural standpoint is shaped us in real
0: ways too. Yeah, yeah. What's one more? Um, Another one would be kind of this mindset. Hey, bringing this kid into a life of suffering is is worse. than no life at all yeah. essentially so yeah, and I, I can understand that mentality I, I and I even when it comes to parents having kids I think we do have to think through stewardship lens and how we'll be able to steward those kids and love those kids Well, I think that is really important right. in this conversation But to go to the other extreme and just say hey if this kid's life is full of suffering It, it would be better if they never entered the world and that's just not biblical Yeah, because I mean mm-hmm. Just read all of the stories of so many people in the Bible. It, if you weigh out the suffering between non-suffering moments, it seems like a, a lot of the, the people in the Bible had lives full of suffering, rather. I mean, just think of David, who's you know this great character, great person in the Bible who loves the Lord a lot. If you look at all his life there's like 18 minutes where it seems like he's catching his breath and things yeah. are you know right and there, it's right. he has a lot of suffering going on and surely when it we wouldn't say God would agree with well it'd be better you know that <laughs> David wasn't uh, alive because yeah. of because of the suffering right and so um, so anyways I would say that suffering is a horrible thing and God part the mission of the Bible is to Uh, get rid of suffering among other things, Yeah. Um, get rid of all brokenness and everything that sin affects or changes and suffering exists because of sin but um, in the midst of that God can use suffering to draw us closer to Him and God is is using suffering to write a beautiful story that one day the resurrection and glory will far far outweigh those things and so if that's our mindset, I think oh, it just can't be our mindset. Yeah, yeah. A life of suffering is worse than a life.
1: Yeah, and, that's, and, and with both of those situations, again, you kind of run into that functional argument not adding up in the sense of, so like with the happiness matters most, okay, even if that were true, right, if you really, yeah. if you do adopt that worldview, you wouldn't say that any, any human being that then in, you know, impedes or impinges upon your happiness you can kill. You know like you're not allowed to just harm another person because it impedes upon your success your Opportunity your whatever like you don't we don't hold that like that's the government holds that as a justice of the sword Um, And then then the other part of it life of suffering Like if you we cannot just take another's life or harm that person if their life is difficult Right again, so it's this matter of having to navigate like this really complex issue of wanting to truly lament Pain and suffering and brokenness in the yeah. world realize the church needs to be ever present yeah. in that, and Absolutely. I think that's been some of the issues. Maybe agree, people yeah. haven't seen the church care about be it. as yeah. present in the suffering of people because God does care about it, right? It covers a massive levels, um, and so, but it's not saying like because I haven't seen it, then, I, then this is the right direction. And say no, 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 we we need to then turn our eyes and say, and we're pastors at a church, so it's yeah. like a church like with true sacrifice and love like we need to be at the forefront of like complete like like take whatever I can to love you and serve you so that suffering isn't even an option like I would love if that argument was able to be shot down not because it's just intellectually inconsistent but because well they won't suffer because you know what the church church is (laughs) is just like We've, we've adopted all the kids, and they're in wonderful, beautiful homes, yeah. and this is amazing. Like that That is the vision for what God has called us to. So
0: That's good. I mean, not, not to go on a tangent here, too, but I think there's something in our culture that I've noticed a dynamic too, and maybe it's totally off-base, so I'll just say it quickly, but there, there's this gut level in us that the vast majority of our culture goes, hey, suicide is, is not good, right? There, no. uh, like, we need to— have suicide prevention, we need to reach out, we need to help people. Oh, right. yeah. But yeah. if really a life of suffering is, is not worth living, is, then like the consistent value would be like to think differently about suicide. But the Christian would say, no, there it is worth living in the midst of uh, the Imago Dei, in the midst of just what God is doing in our lives and, and the story he's writing. And again, Thinking through all of the ways that Christians need to be redemptively working in those areas, but I, I, I think I've always yeah. found that kind of a funny dynamic yeah, that, interesting. that we're, our society thinks all these kinds of things, and yet, you know, I don't know, but I, I, I still I need to wrestle with that more too. But mm-hmm. um, what's what's another kind of thing you hear a lot that yeah. maybe there's some valid points, maybe there's some invalid points. Right.
1: Um, I, I think often, and, and this one is this one gets brought up a ton. It's this idea of um, you know it is the woman's body so so it's her choice and, and I want to say on the front end of, of this one of um, a, a lot of this I think and probably rightfully so is is embedded within the reality that women's rights have not been
0: yeah very much cared for in totally. our world and a lot of men have determined what they can or can't do and, and history and throughout history yeah. and, and, and even, even today, today yeah.
1: right like so uh, and, and because of that I think, that has to be at a real heart level, uh, a pursuit of that. That's especially part of why
0: this is being said. That's part of yes. it. Yes. Yeah. And
1: especially then, yeah. as, as two male pastors talking about this issue yeah, right totally. now, of saying, like, hey, I, I want that to be really acknowledged that, that like, Rights and freedoms, and yeah. and even not even even on a legal level, just like the way women were allowed to function in society has been impeded by men, predominantly throughout history, in different yeah. types of ways, and it still continues to this day in different ways. And so that idea is like, no, like let let me have this. Like you guys yeah. have kind of screwed us over for a yeah, long time. At least let me have my body. let me have my own body. Yeah. Like it's mine. That yeah. type of idea. So from that perspective, I. Get it? Like yeah. I hear, I'm like, yeah, dude. And I want to. I think the church again needs to be at the forefront yeah. of fighting for women's equality and rights, and and as value and and the roles that God is equipping them for to serve and to bless. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So that being said, the issue with this again, no one's debate the the debate for the Christian, and I maybe that's what we're trying to come from. The debate for the Christian is not no, it's not your body. One, yes, your body. No one, we think, has the right to tell you what to do with your body. But the belief of the Christian, the belief of the scriptures is... The body that is inside you the human being that's inside you is not your body right that it is a separate DNA Right, so it has its own complete DNA structure that is completely different from that of the of the mothers um, to the point where uh, You can have a a woman that will give birth to a man, right? So and that genetic gender code is there right in the beginning right and so um, that you can have a a an embryo that right away its DNA says this is going to be its blood type and it can be different from the mother's. So it has all of these autonomous realities that speak to this life is not yours and this body is not yours. It is an entirely separate human, an entirely separate life. And the scriptures and the science would seem to point to that. Um, But at the same time, again, we get the realities of that. And so, again, the my body, my choices, I want women to have complete... Autonomy and freedom for their own bodies, but we want no human being to have any say over anyone else's body, yeah. right? Um, and so in that sense, since the scriptures and we believe science says this is a separate body, yeah. a separate human, um, then that choice cannot be yeah. just left to, to anyone
0: individual. No, yeah, that that's helpful. I think that's yeah. balanced too. I think a lot of times Christians don't want to enter, especially with that phrase. Christians don't want to enter into a balanced conversation on that, and not just balanced, but a tr- what what is true, you know. So yeah. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, let's transition then. So we've we've talked through biblical reason, we've talked through um, all sorts of stuff at this point. Scientific right? reasons, rebuttals yeah. to those things, yeah. worldviews. Yeah. Uh, let's talk. Okay, how now? Uh, do, do Christians involve themselves in this issue? What are we called to? Because some people say, don't talk about it. You know, like, don't even talk about it. Just do your best. You know, some people say, you got to do all kinds of stuff. Um, so what are, what are some of the ways that we can get involved in this? And what are uh, some of the ways we should be getting involved in this? And we'll kind of go back and forth here. I'll just kind of let you start us off. What, what, what are one of those ways?
1: Yeah, uh, and it's something that I'm really thankful that that our church um, has really pressed intentionally into yeah. and that's just that being very present in the foster care and adoptive and kinship space of being how do we present with foster families um, how are we ushering and um, and equipping people in our church to have a vision for how they might bring kids into their home or yeah. serve somehow in that space um, so so again that that issue is well they're going to be sent to a group home they're going to be sent to this life of difficulty poverty and pain it's like no, uh, no, there, there is this option where if we can come to a young mother that's saying I, I don't feel like I'm in a place to raise This child which I can understand that this is so you know so much of those arguments of well I'm not ready. I, I won't even debate that in some yeah. ways like maybe you're not financially difficult That the church would really arrive in this space in like real power and unity to say awesome Like we're gonna do that just quick story is there's a church. I know of out in Mississippi Still to this day, they have like a hundred person waiting list, you know, of if there is a child in their community that uh, is born from an unwanted pregnancy, like this church has said, we've got families lined up, do just let us know, we'll take that kid, we'll wow. love that kid, we'll support that kid, and it's just a thing that's like known in that community, in that state, oh, well that church, like they're going to do it, and since then now other churches around the state have all kind of done the same thing, and so it's just it, it's that's where we need to be, yeah. and so I, I love sure. uh, that for our church. But I think the church needs to continue to press in well on that,
0: yeah. Um, another area that kind of the next area that I think the church needs to press into is this is we need to be in relationship with people uh, that see abortion as their only option. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I had a, a guy who Uh, has a lot of strange thoughts, but he, he was surprised (laughs) that I had pro-choice friends when I told him I had pro-choice friends. I said, of course I do. Yeah. Um, and which was just silly and, but, um, that he thought that. And so uh, the other aspect to this, um, is a lot of abortions happen right below the poverty line or right at the poverty line. Um, and it's hard to not feel that there is classism or some sort of oppression of the poor that mm-hmm. that is causing Abortions to feel like the only option for many of those uh, Under the poverty line. And so yeah, we as Christians need to be an actual Relationship with with people really below the poverty line or people that uh, see this as their only option or see this as a option and we yeah. need to get into those kinds of Uh, conversations with them we need to love them well we need to we need to just be in their lives Mm -hmm. and so I think a lot of times it it feels like Christians fight this from afar without incarnating without getting into their world time. and uh, and we don't we we shouldn't do that we need to be in their lives we need to have people in our life that are vastly economically different than us in order to um, care for people in this yeah way and in this issue yeah I, I mean I had a, a there's a friend of
1: mine this is going back years and years that they got pregnant um, had had an abortion before mm. and uh, and we we were dating at the time and she got pregnant again um, not not by me yeah, uh, this was, yeah sorry this was uh, from an, another guy and so um, so she came to me and said, "Hey, you know," she told me all this stuff happened, and and so we kind of talked through, and she was going to have another abortion, yeah. And um, and we just talked, and I prayed for her, and, and things so like this. is Even kind of when I was like still navigating Christianity myself, yeah. And uh, and and she chose to keep the baby. Oh wow! She reunited with the father, yeah. And they're now married, and but oh, wow. every every day on her birthday, uh, I get a phone call from. This little girl. Wow, you know, and uh, and and it's not as like I did something great, but in the sense of if I didn't have if I didn't have that relationship, if we're not moving into these places, uh, then we're we're missing an opportunity to talk to real real people with real fears
0: uh, in ways that can care. So, Um, talk about the next thing, Vince. It kind of relates to even what Taylor's saying. Is is there a way to help pay for? obscene oh, or yeah. expensive medical bills for prenatal hospital etc so our next yeah. point of how we can get involved yeah. in this world, yeah yeah financially yeah. you know
1: so there's there are great things to give to if yeah. you if you have uh, funds which again we're Americans so we do yeah. um, and so uh, there are places to give, I think two organizations like a z one twenty seven and the work they 're doing the foster care and adoptive space foster care initiatives down the valley are do- is doing amazing work yeah. um, funding some of the care portal needs that are, again as a task to foster care adoption. But when you get into medical bills there 's a couple ends of that there is there is if you can um, there are different organizations that partner with hospitals that will pay off you can pay off medical yeah. bills. Um, I don't know how much you can specify. I don't know how that works for them, but I know you can do that. But a, but a really great option is to give towards organizations like like Hope, uh, Hope Pregnancy Center here yeah. in Flagstaff. It's located in the south side by uh, Guadalupe, um, the old Guadalupe Catholic Church. Um, they do awesome work here in town. We're really thankful for them. Crisis Pregnancy Center is across really the country. There's yeah. a ton of them. And they um, provide all those services. They provide for free. all yeah. the services for free. Yeah. Like it's, and, and you know, and I think that's one of the things when you get into some of this is you know, this is the only option because where else would I go? And, yeah. and again, there's there are many 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 organizations that are that are there for young women. And if you're even on watching this, or know a friend that's watching this, like, and, and don't know who those are, like, please contact us. Yeah. We would love to to give you a handful of resources, resource you ourselves. But again, to answer your question, yes, um, I would really do some investigation, specifically on Hope Pregnancy Center here yeah. in town. We're really thankful for what they
0: do. I know that so, I've known people specifically that have been blessed, blessed by, by going it. there. Yeah, and yeah, right. Um, so yeah, I yeah, there's really all sorts of. I, having grown up in the church, and this has always been at the forefront uh, in my lifetime of the church trying to combat against it. I feel like every year I hear about another organization that is doing not just work in this area, but really good work in this area. So I I think with a Google search or two, you could find some stuff pretty easily. Um, The next thing is, and uh, for time's sake, I'll I'll, I'll be a little short with this one in particular, but we need to get into conversations with people that are pro-choice, and we need to understand their views, and we need to understand their perspectives, and we need to validate where parts of their perspectives are accurate or true, and kind of how you were going with the "my body, my choice" stuff. I think that that to love them well, they need to see that we're loving our neighbor in the holiest sense that we can. Now, we don't have to yeah. change our minds or say something contrary to the Scripture. Don't right. do that. But where Scripture affirms, we affirm, and so and it uh, affirms
1: love. Yeah, massively. Yeah. yeah,
0: and so I think you know, there's all sorts of ways we can deal with this, but. If we can convince our neighbor that one, we're loving them and then two, that the neighbor in the womb needs to be loved as well and has the Imago day on them, uh, things will change. And so I've had conversations with non-Christian friends that went like, that moved a bit because they started to go, this is different than I, you know, like I'm not thinking through this fully. And it wasn't because I was like here's all the facts you know it was like it it was because it was a loving dialogue with a friend and uh, and I was even open to what they were saying and trying to hear what they were saying and understand what they're saying even though I I feel even pretty set on a lot of the things I believe when it comes to this area and so so Christians we 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 just have to get into the conversations. yes we do people that are pro-choice and contend for that tonight, yeah because even
1: in the same way that I think there is that initial view of the way pro-life people view this situation is, yeah. well you just and, and insert whatever that yeah. it is and and we would say those are not true yeah and it's equally may not equally but I, I don't know why you can't quantify it, is what I'm saying yeah. true for our pro-choice friends a lot of them you know like are good people yeah, you know like totally. they're not evil no one's evil. Yeah. Well, there are evil well, yeah. people. Everyone's, um, evil. Everyone's, evil. <laughs> everyone's evil. Everyone's, everyone's is evil. Everyone's evil. Yeah. Everyone's equally just as evil and in need of a savior. And oh, so yeah. I think just that that removal, that demonization of it is really helpful. No, so, totally. Um, yeah. a couple last ones. I think um, there is a reality to um, this is an issue that most of the world would say they know where the church lines up on. We are, are pro-life, if yeah. you use the vernacular, right? Um, however there there is a there is a growing albeit not not it's not a large group but there is a growing group of young Christians predominantly that have moved over to the pro-choice camp and from my conversations with many of them a lot of it revolves around loving a woman caring mm-hmm. for a woman well serving them um, some of the same arguments which again are not they're not bad arguments they're just don't don't they're not exclusive again yeah. like we need to then respond in love and so
0: just There's to, not one way to love people so, like sometimes, yeah, not, yeah that's in our society say. we're like this this is the only way you can love this woman and that's not what Jesus ever has for us in yes love. even watch how he acts with proven- Mary and Martha at the tomb of Lazarus yeah they're completely different
1: yeah so yeah so I, I think just in the midst of that it's just trying to say to, to those of you that might be in that camp that that are Christians that love Jesus we really invite you to to rethink your position on this too. Yeah. Like we need to truly sit in the grief of the astounding statistics. You yeah. know, just look. At, I mean, if you look at the Guttmacher Institute, it, it's dropped. It used to be well over a million a year here in America. It's dropped to I think the last official stats were from like 2015. And it was 972 thousand. Uh, abortions and it's gone down a little bit every year which we celebrate and we encourage and there's all sorts of things that are beneficial in the midst of that sex education uh, right use of, of um, protection and things yeah, like yeah. that and sexual intercourse those, those things are all things we should honestly you know what I mean like really have better conversations around as yeah, well I agree, yeah. but that being said if that's where you're at Please hear that as well today. Yeah. God very, very much cares for this issue, and it can easily get pushed to the back and not something yeah. I think we talk about enough nor care enough about um and let that not be us yeah. you know I so, think
0: a lot of yeah. it's all it spans all generations this trend you're talking about, but a lot of younger Christians will care about a lot of the other issues in the in the Bible that. Are clear yeah Um, but then when it comes to the abortion issue we're like hey I don't know It's too messy it it feels like a little bit sometimes and that's another sort of cherry-picking it's another sort of going hey I'm only gonna care about the issues that society is okay with me caring about and and that's a great way to put it yeah and I I think young young Christians especially we we need to care about this issue more like it it is an issue it's something to think about it's something to be part of yeah yeah um, well, here, here's the final kind of thing, and I'm sure there's more things in this, but a final way that we can be part of God's restoration and working in this, and and, and it's this. It's, it's, it is consider what to do politically and with your vote um, as as someone that is against abortion. And so I think that probably could easily just sound like I'm saying one thing here and only vote one way or do this. And yeah. I'm not saying that, no. but but what I am saying is Politically, we do have influence as Christians. Politically, we can engage, and politically, we can do things, um, and we should look to do those things. I think some of the in the church, it feels like there's a polarity to it. Doesn't matter at all what I do politically, and if I'm honest, I lean that way. <laughs> uh, feels that way a lot of times, yeah. and then on the other side of it, it's. That's all that matters that's the primary way to get things done yeah. in this arena of abortion, and neither neither are right, right. right and so Christians on my side, we have to realize that we need to steward that and think through that uh, issue when we vote and think through things and i don't I don't know if we give it enough thought or care about it enough uh, a lot of times, and then Christians on the other side, I think if I can be lovingly prophetic, if this is prophetic, we can't use voting as a, as a cop-out, as this is the main way I'm fighting against this issue, this is the main way, the only way that I'm going to deal with this issue when um, a vote isn't always uh, tangibly loving your neighbor. Well, so
1: it, it misses a bit of the
0: incarnational aspects yeah. of Jesus. Totally, yeah. A vote does love our neighbor, but yeah, it, we miss the incarnation when all we do is vote, when all we do is stand far off and cast stones, so to speak. And so so what we do politically and how we vote, we have to consider this issue. We have to think through it. And, so, and please, don't put words in my mouth right now. I'm obviously purposely not saying certain things in this. Well, I think it's and just when we say consider this issue... We're
1: we're saying consider everything we just talked about. Yeah, exactly. Like consider all of the ways the church needs to be responding. Consider the mother. Consider the father. Consider the resources around them. Consider poverty. Consider and then consider certainly the act of abortion. Um, And so I think that's what what is driving at is when you can like consider this issue Holistically through a vision of the biblical call for us to love and to care
0: for and to serve especially the vulnerable Yeah, so so we should for some of us. We need to add it to our considerations And then for some of us uh, we need to realize that maybe There are some things we need to think more deeply about in regards to that and things we should actually be doing and incarnating in this area so so yeah, that's kind of my yeah. point because it becomes this issue always becomes a only a political issue. And, and yeah, think, and please, that's that's it shouldn't better, only be that. Yeah. But for us, I think a lot of younger Christians, we go, I don't want it to be a political issue at all, and it's like, no, but it is. No, it is. Yeah, like it, yeah. it's something we're gonna have to steward and think through and, yeah. and walk through. So, I'll say this as we're as we're kind of
1: wrapping up and yeah. landing it, just in the sense of like this is a, obviously a very difficult conversation. Holy. We understand it's one-sided. Yeah. Um, we would love for, for people to dialogue with us and communicate with us for this. If there's friends that are wrestling through this issue, for this to be shared. But then that, that would be a start of a conversation and dialogue. Um, but really, at, at our deep heart level, it's this massive... Like We we believe at real levels that the Bible calls us as Christians and as, mm-hmm. as, as the church to care for the vulnerable and to be a voice for the voiceless. Um, there... There is not a more voiceless community and group of people than yeah. the unborn. I mean, Seems literally so, without yeah. a voice. Yeah. And so the church must be a voice for that community, for, yeah. these, for these children. It is our duty, our responsibility as Christians yeah. um, just as much as we need to be a voice for these all these other, other things, these that other we things care about. as well. Yeah. And so allow that really to be this lens. How can I be a voice for the oppressed? A voice for the voiceless, a voice for those who are hurting, broken and in pain, and be like Jesus and move towards them in love. Yeah. And hopefully this was an opportunity to do that and a balance. Hopefully I mean like if you know us, I think you'll you, you know where all this is coming from, a place of yeah. love and grace. Um, but again, like that that is our desire in
0: the midst of it. So yeah. I don't if you say anything else. No, I don't you. I think thanks for listening, thanks for being involved in the conversation with us and Especially those that, if you're listening and you totally disagree with us, thank you for listening to us and giving us the time of day even to consider our words or even just hear them. And so thank you for doing that. And uh, if you guys have any questions, feel free to email us or shoot us a text or a message here on Facebook. And, and maybe at some point we can continue this dialogue and talk more about it. Maybe there's some things we didn't consider. Again, it's a big conversation, so there's certainly things we missed. But thank you guys, and we'll see you on Tuesday for the next update. And that's Sunday for church.